0: I have with me the wonderful and magical Ariana McLeod. You may recognize her from an earlier episode that we released where we shared about a magical mushroom journey that we went on. So if you didn't check that out, definitely check it out. But either way, da-da-da-da! <laughs> For some reason, I don't like that one. <laughs> it was more calm. <laughs> she has a... is it a tundrum? Tangem, yeah. Yeah, I've been playing with it all day, it's been very fun. <laughs> Would you like to introduce yourself to the world?
1: Hello world! The entire world <laughs> listens
0: to my podcast.
1: That's great, wow. <laughs> Happy we can all get people to agree on something. <laughs> um. Yeah, so I'm Ariana, I am recently a registered massage therapist, and yeah, I suppose... I don't know what else to introduce about myself. A yeah. uh, seeker of adventure and mystery. Beautiful. The seeker of adventure and mystery is here.
0: <laughs> I love that. <laughs> yeah, I know. Intros are funny. Um, I feel like this is kind of perfect, though, for what we're here to talk about today, which is kind of about, kind of about, which is about <laughs> standing in our power and kind of moving through insecurity. And things like that. And both of us are mm-hmm. in a position in our lives right now where we've spent a lot of time working on ourselves, developing our skills, and we feel qualified in a lot of ways and really new in a lot of other ways. And we've both been noticing different ways that we have been feeling ready to stand in our power, blocking ourselves from standing in our power, and just like,
1: yeah. Yeah, it's been interesting knowing what to do and really spending a lot of time thinking about what to do in these situations of, like, stepping into career, Mm -hmm. and then when the actual situation arises, like, oh, right, like, I know what to do, and I know what I want to say and what I want to do, but I haven't practiced it yet, and so it's not as easy as I think it's going to (laughs) be.
0: Totally, totally. And maybe we can both give a backstory about where each of us is, like, what each of us is kind of experiencing that in in our personal lives so for you you just finished school as a massage therapist but you're also dabbling in music and the arts in a more defined way
1: (laughs) I am yeah so I had this realization the other day where I was just playing around on my guitar which I've just been learning in the past month or so Um, And I've been doing a lot of singing, and I kind of had this realization, I'm like, oh, like, I need to start thinking of myself as a musician. Like, I'm not a good musician. I am a very, very beginner musician, but just making that qualification for myself and identifying myself that way I feel is so important for embodying that and making that a part of my life. Yeah, that's so true, and, like,
0: it's interesting because when we were talking about it, I was kind of like, it's funny, because I definitely identify as a poet. Like, I've been writing poetry for a while, and I, and I love my poems, but as soon as I, it's like, when I identify as a poet in front of people that have already read my poetry, um, I don't feel shame or nervous, but when I identify as a poet to people who haven't read my poetry, it's like I don't want them to read my poetry after they know that's how I identify because of this, like, fear of, like, not being good enough or, like, what if... if they don't think my poems are good, then, like, how vain of me to dare say I'm a poet. But it's kind of like, well, no, what makes a poet? What makes an artist? What makes a... um You know, what makes you anything other than deciding that you are it and yeah just choosing to embody that part of yourself like I feel like I'm also an artist in that I love to draw and I'm terrible at drawing but I think that's part of <laughs> my style <laughs> and I I feel like I take myself so much less seriously with that so I, I I would say I'm an artist and not feel shame about it when showing people my drawings I take myself more seriously with my poetry, so I would feel more shame about it. I don't know if that makes sense.
1: It does make sense, yeah. Yeah, because I feel like for me the distinction between like saying that like I draw or that I yeah. sing and as opposed to identifying myself as an artist or a musician mm-hmm. is almost the intention behind it. Like, my intention mm-hmm. with music is not to learn songs, it is to create songs. Ooh, I like that. Yeah, and to start with, those will be very simple, basic songs, Yeah, and as I practice, they'll get better, and it's the same with art. Yeah, it's like so true. Yeah, my intention is to create something from, just from my soul, just like, yeah. let it spill out, and I love that about your art, because when I saw it, I was really inspired, because I was like, oh, this isn't like, you're not trying to draw something, you're just drawing whatever comes out. Yeah,
0: yeah, no, ugh that's so good I really like that and then when you take it over to being a massage therapist and to being like a healer which are other ways I think there's interesting complexities with that because there's there's a level of I think with a lot of the art forms there's this dance between um, skill and soul where it's like you can have a really skilled artist that doesn't put too much soul into their work but you or you have a really soulful artist that doesn't have that much skill But when it comes to like being a healer or being like a massage therapist, it's like there is this baseline of skill that is required in order to almost be ethical about the work that you're doing.
1: Yeah, that's absolutely true. And I feel like with with massage therapy, there are a lot of people who do massage and who are not registered massage therapists who are very gifted at what they do and have a lot of skill and put a lot of soul into their work. Mm -hmm. And there are also people who have completed all of the school and passed all the tests, jumped through all the hoops, and cannot give a good massage because they cannot connect with people. Because you can only really connect with people as deeply as you've connected with yourself. And so if you haven't taken the time to do personal development, then you can't really be a good healer of any kind no matter Mm -hmm. how much education you do. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and it's interesting with, like, with me. I mean, you guys hear me talking on this podcast a lot about my psychic experiences and my psychic abilities. And I'm in an interesting place in my life where I feel quite developed in my abilities. Of course, I'm constantly developing myself and feel like I have a long way that I want to go. And I do have like training and accreditation, but I still have that feeling. It's interesting with the healing arts especially when you don't go through like a conventional school system. I think it's like what makes you qualified. And it's funny because in a lot of ways it is your, the depth of the soul work that you do on yourself, which I think I've done extensively. But feeling like a need for that validation from like a university or something to make before I really fully put myself out there even though I know from what I've looked into of the courses and university things that it's like, no, that's not. The, it's not the time for me with that, and it also just like isn't actually going to be that helpful to me in terms of
1: how I would be able to present as a healer. Well, that's something funny about both of our past, is that we've both done university degrees, yeah. and both of us graduated and didn't go on to get jobs no. in those fields. I felt very underprepared for the real world by my me university agree. degree. too, so underprepared. Whereas the work I've been doing personally now, just like a lot of inner work and a lot of self-massage as well, I feel like I'm learning more from that than I ever did in school. Yeah,
0: that's so true. Just like with me, with like my personal healing work and like learning the tools and all these things to do this work on myself is part of what I think makes me able to support other people. But then I put this block on myself of like, oh, but am I qualified? Oh, but is this even valuable to people? Oh, but I'm putting all of these things in place to stop myself from offering my services Mm -hmm. or expecting money or
1: anything like that. Yeah, that's a reason that I do feel really grateful for the school program that I went through for massage therapy Mm -hmm. because... There's, like, a set price that you charge, like, exams that you've completed, and you get to put a certificate on the wall, and then after that, it's all intuitive healing. It's, like, you and whoever comes to see you, and it's all about their bodies and your intuition, and you are healing them. But I think because it's, like, legitimized in popular society and people can use their benefits, it makes Mm -hmm. it a lot easier to stand in your power because nobody questions it. Totally. Whereas with something like energy work or, like, psychic abilities, which is, like, so similar in so many ways. It's like instead of working on someone's physical form, you're working on their energetic form. Totally. And you and them, you using your intuition. But yeah. Because there's no, like, certificate on your wall, and no one's, like, you're supposed to charge, like, $100 an hour or whatever. Mm -hmm. It's, like, so much harder to stand in your power with it. Yeah, like,
0: I think I'm constantly, like, something I notice about myself when I do sessions with people is I'm constantly trying to make sure that I'm worth people's time and energy, and it's funny, because by the time I always get to the end, like, everybody's been so happy with what I've offered them, and in my mind i'm always worried i'm not offering enough and that's not even cuz the people that come to me for the services want those services they're not like they're not coming to me because they doubt me and they just want to like see who this is and it's like even if somebody did that why does someone else's doubt outside of me mean anything about my own internal worth and value
1: so funny because in a weird way it reminds me of being a teenager and I remember the first time somebody ever told me I was beautiful like Mm. a a guy my age yeah I was at a speed skating meet and I was walking down the hallway and he just like yelled hey beautiful yeah and (laughs) And I was just like it took me a minute I was like is he like making fun of me because he thinks I'm ugly yeah because my confidence was like (laughs) yeah yeah down here and Mm. it's like why would somebody do that though and like of course he wasn't I'm sure he was flirting with me yeah like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's almost a similar thing. It's like, why would anybody come for a service that they don't want just to make fun of somebody? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Why would they do that? That's weird. Okay. You do you. Thanks for the money. Like, but there's like that self doubt where when someone throws you a compliment that you haven't been able to fully give yourself, it's Oof. hard to receive it. Oof.
0: Yeah, and I feel like Ariana and I were talking about this yesterday or the day, or today as well about like receiving. Like, being able to receive on so many levels, and one of those ways is compliments. Like, so many people have complimented me on the the healing I've offered to them, or the insights or whatever, and I don't absorb those compliments. Like, I'll say thank you, but then I can, I feel my body, like, my cells, like, my body closes to that. It's, like, really hard for me to let it permeate through my system and be like, oh, yeah, cool. Like... I'm valuable.
1: (laughs) Mm -hmm. I watch it happen all the time because I've been in a really grateful, thankful headspace lately and Mm -hmm. I've been really trying to spread that love and throw around a lot more compliments and thank yous to people who I should have done that four years ago. Yeah. And I've noticed that when you give someone a really nice compliment, they're not, like, people have a really hard time receiving it. They shrink. It's like oh. they're defending themselves. because They can't accept that they are <laughs> that beautiful thing that you see they are.
0: Yeah, like, the pain of that. Because, like, what if you take it away? And it's like, I noticed that, too. Like, when people will give me compliments, a lot of the times I'll make a joke to, like, belittle myself because I think they're joking about the compliment, or something like that, and I don't, like, I think they're saying it as, like, a, as a joke, and then they're confused, and I'm like, oh, sorry, I thought you were joking. <laughs> 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 I'm like, oh, yeah, why am I like this? <laughs> well, I know why I'm like this, but, yeah, it's interesting, definitely, like, working on receiving and figuring out how to allow those things into your life, and I think both of us have also been... Doing a lot of that practice lately, like we both did an ayahuasca retreat together and you'll in the future see a whole podcast episode about it. But um, when we were doing, like one of the things ayahuasca told me was to be open to receiving anybody that comes to me looking for services because sometimes I'll just like shut down and I will, it's like I'll really open up and then I'll shut down and I really open up and I shut down. And Spirit just told me to... Or ayahuasca told me to be open to receiving anyone that's come that comes to me. And so every single time someone's reached out to me looking for services, I say yes. I say yes, I say yes, I say yes. And I go through with the motions and I do the thing. And it's um, it's interesting practicing receiving on that level of just creating my life in such a way where I'm available to people when they come to me. And just knowing that it doesn't matter if it's a success or a failure, but I just need to do it. Because mm-hmm. Ayahuasca said so.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Something that I've found to be the most difficult for offering my healing services mm-hmm. is offering them to people that... I know but I'm not as close with are people Mm -hmm. who already have expectations of me who I feel won't expect what I'm having to offer it's like I had my first day massaging and I it's been something I really wanted to do while I'm treating people is sing to them yeah and so I did that and it went really well and people were like quite surprised by it and excited and I got a lot of really positive feedback And something that terrifies me is, like, there's going to be, like, quite a few people that I already know coming to see me because these were all strangers. Yeah. And I'm so much more afraid of their judgment. I'm like, do I even do it? Or should I just, like, shut up and massage them? Like, do they want that? And I'm like, why wouldn't they want that? Yeah. Like, I mean, I can ask them if they want it, but, like even asking them if they want it scares me because it's like so outside of the box of what you usually get when you go get a massage. And it's so and
0: magical and it's so delicious and it combines so perfectly with the work that you do. She's given me a massage like this and <laughs> it's amazing. Highly recommend
1: if you're on the island, it's Victoria. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's for some reason a lot more scary because I'm like, yeah. oh, you know me. I know. And you, maybe you knew me when I was like really shy and awkward and Part of that shy awkwardness still comes out when I'm around certain yes. people.
0: Or just like, just just that, like there's, they have an expectation of who you are and what you're offering and what if you don't meet that expectation. I feel the exact same way when people come to me and they're like, oh, I heard about you from this person or, you know, this and that and it's just like, that's awesome and that's great and, oh my God, what if, what like you have this image in your head of who I am, what if I'm not that? Or of the service you're receiving, what if it's not that? And not wanting to disappoint people and not wanting to, yeah. what Like, you don't know what someone's coming there expecting. But then, you know, when you flip that, like, I know I've gone to people expecting something. Because I think you're always expecting something when you go to anybody, whether you know them or not. I mean, it's harder with mm-hmm. people you know, too, because you kind of know. Like, with friends, it's fine, like mm-hmm. close friends. But with people you kind of know, it's like, You're not close enough to be vulnerable with and be like, I'm a little nervous here. And you're not strangers enough to be like, oh, well, I'll never see them again.
1: (laughs) That's the thing that always helps is either like close enough to be like, this is something new I'm trying or like strangers never see them again. Exactly. But also I feel like the people I know who have tried your services have like, totally loved them and like yeah. talked excitedly about them after for days and
0: <laughs> I will absorb. Absorb it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> You're amazing. I
0: immediately start to flinch like, <laughs> to like see you trying not
1: to. <laughs> Oh no it's great. Yeah. I'm going to give that to some of my friends as Christmas presents and I highly recommend all of you do the same.
0: <laughs> Everybody buy Christmas. Presents from our service let Brianne quit her day job Aw, yeah yeah I'm excited for that um yeah no damn and it is interesting with expectations because it's like you know I remember going to like acupuncture the first few times I ever went to acupuncture and I had an expectation of what it would be like and it did not meet my expectations and I mean the first place I went to it was very unpleasant and not well done um actually both the times I did it both the different places I went to acupuncture, it didn't really go well in a lot of ways. But I never was like, this person sucks at acupuncture. Like, that was never my thought. Like, wow, this person is a shitty acupuncturist. I was just like, oh, this does not line up with me and what I need. Mm -hmm. This isn't a good fit for me. It was never something that I put on, or even like therapy. Like, it's like, you know, you try on different therapists and it's like, I've had therapists that are, like, not a good fit for me, but that's exactly how I see it. I'm like, ooh, I'm going to stop seeing this person. They're not a good fit for me.
1: Yeah. I'm not like, this
0: person's a trash therapist. Oh, my God, mm-hmm. how dare they charge me money for therapy? Why are they even being a therapist? Like, that's, <laughs> that's totally. not what I'm doing. And if someone does that, that's their own internal shit, really. Yeah, like, people
1: like that do exist, but that's definitely a them problem. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. So it's like, you really don't need to worry. But it's funny. Yeah. But then there are ways that I think we both are standing in our power and we're already doing it. And like, I mean, like you went to your first day and you went in there and you just started singing. Tell
1: me, walk me through that. (laughs) (laughs) That's pretty much what happened. I had a friend come in for the first treatment of the day and it's a pretty new friend. So he only really knows me in the way that I am now. He doesn't know previous versions of me. Mm -hmm. So I just went in there and I did it. And... Yeah, it went well, and then I had my first real client, and she she'd been seeing one of the other practitioners there for like twelve years, and she I admitted that I was new because so I was like having a hard time with the laptop and booking thing <laughs> and like charging her money and yeah, um I could tell she wasn't expecting much yeah, um so I just got her on the table pretty quick and then laid her down and yeah she knew what she wanted so I gave her what she wanted and I sang while I did it and yeah, like, after I flipped her over, she was, like, was like, asking her if everything was okay so far, and she's, like, yes, I'm really enjoying this whole experience. Oh, I love it. <laughs> and that made me so happy. It was, like, okay, it just, like, relaxed me. I can get you enjoying the whole experience. You don't want me to shut up. <laughs> um, and so that, and when she came out, she was, like, yes, like, I'd love to book another appointment. I want to see you again. And, like, You're going to be busy so fast. And that just made me feel so validated. So having her as a first client, I was able to go through the rest of the day and just like keep doing it. And the next few people I treated like didn't actually comment on the singing. They just, but they told me it was like amazing and they loved it. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, okay, cool. I can keep doing this. Yes.
0: Oh, I love that.
1: It's so good to see
0: too, because I know that song has been something that you've been exploring so much in the past few years, and, like, in terms of, like, healing. So it's cool to see you, um, I don't know, I feel like these past few years, you've talked about it a lot, and it's been, like, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what to do with this or when to, like, you know, maybe, like, through leading, like, ceremonies with psychedelics and, like, things like that, but it's, like, cool to see it in action
1: now. Yeah, it's really cool to habit starting to actually take action in my life because it felt like when I was in school like school was the only real thing I had time for Mm -hmm. and even just yesterday like I had this experience where like usually I sing quite like quietly like just like little melodic tunes and I had this experience where my voice was just like coming out of me like really Mm -hmm. big it was like ooh, this is fun this is new I feel like I've practiced enough now and like I'm embodying that enough that I can actually start to like Project it. Project it. And I'm like, huh, interesting. I don't know where this will go, but it's like, now that I'm using what I've already learned, I feel like I can start to, like, learn more.
0: Yeah. And that's, I think, the interesting thing about the chapter that both of us seem to be in right now as, like, humans (laughs) in general. Um, (laughs) It's like, we're at the precipice of, like, a new, like, a big step up. Mm -hmm. Like, it's like... I don't know. Like, you know the idea of taking one step in front of another, one step in front of another, and it's like we're at the part where now the next step is, like, a a stair. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's the visual I have. And that step feels so much harder than all the other steps, but really it's just another step. Like, when you actually break it down, like, it's so daunting and so scary and there's so many doubts and fears and am I this, am I that – But really, it's just the same as all the other steps that we took. It's just one tiny
1: little thing we need to do, and let's just, like, do it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, because, like, if you look at it, we've already been doing the work for years, and oftentimes like a lot of that work goes on in the background unseen and no mm-hmm. real progress occurs in life like yeah. I feel like the past two years both of us have just been kind totally of like heads down heads down doing inside that. like exactly and now it's time to translate that action into outside world action which is actually just like another small step absolutely which and is not any harder than what we've already been doing yeah but it feels huge because it's like oh people are gonna see now what I've exactly. been working on
0: everyone's gonna see me and then it's like are you grounded enough in yourself and in your abilities and in your truth to have everybody see you? And if everybody was gonna reject you, would you still know that what you offer is worthwhile?
1: Mm-hmm. And that's scary. It
0: is. It is scary. And it's funny as I say that out loud, it was not scary for me. For I was like, because as I said that out loud, I was seeing the scene play out in my life of like, Oh, like that happening, <laughs> and it was like, and my guys just being like, failure doesn't exist, because that's what they keep telling me, mm. and they and they're just like smiling at me and being like, oh, failure's not failure doesn't exist. Like, anyways, let's keep going. And like they were, it was just like there's not, it's like nothing, it's no biggie. It's like, it's like you'll find your people, you'll find your tribe, you'll find the ones who resonate, and like, yeah, everything will just unfold perfectly. But yeah, it is, it's just a different. It's just coming out of the cave.
1: Yeah. That reminds me of... um, It was another podcast I was listening to, actually, called the Deja Blue Podcast. And she was talking about this dream she had where she, like, tried to leap off the dock onto a boat, Mm -hmm. and she fell just short of the boat. Mm -hmm. But then she went back and did, did it again, and, like, this time she knew how much strength she had, so she made it onto the boat. Yeah. And I feel like oftentimes... Like, when we're trying something new, that happens the first time. Mm-hmm. Like, we don't know what it's going to take and maybe we don't quite have enough and we don't hit the mark. Yeah. But then we just prepare better next time and, and then try again. again.
0: Oh, I like that. Yeah. Because when I think about this and when I was, like, on our ayahuasca journey and all these things, it's like, I know what my soul came here to do. And I know I'm on the path to it. So, that's all that really matters. You know? It's like... hmm like, I remember when I was younger, I've always been um, the kind of person that when I say I'm going to do something, I do it. And everyone around me will be like, oh, yeah, people always say that, but no one ever does it. And I'll be like, no, but I'm actually going to do it. And I've always done that. I think especially with traveling when I was younger, I used to work a lot and save up for these trips. And everybody would be like, you're not actually going to do that. Everyone around me, all my friends, like everyone. And it was like, minus you. and <laughs> And then I would do it. And people will be like, whoa, you did it. And I'm like, yeah, of course I did it. I said I was going to. And I've also always said that, you know, I'm going to own my own business and I'm going to like make my own schedule and I'm going to have, you know, I'm going to love the job that I do and all these things. And everyone, and when I say everyone, I don't mean every single person, the general humans, like, you know, like acquaintances and like friends, not I feel like my core friends are very supportive, (laughs) but like, just like the people around and about that have heard me talk about my dreams. And have been like yeah we all want that but you know that's not gonna happen and yeah right like that's gonna happen how are you gonna pay your bills with that like all of these you know classic doubts and you know and honestly the things that these people tell themselves about why they're staying in the situations that they don't want to be in and I've always been like nope but I'm gonna do it nope but I'm gonna do it and I know I'm gonna do it and I'm like literally on the precipice of doing it now so it's kind of fun but it is interesting like yeah, the doing it's always the hardest. Like, I remember with traveling, the pressing the button to buy that ticket, the, the, like, ticket to wherever I'm going is always, like, the hardest part. But then you're doing it. You don't have a choice. You do, but you don't. <laughs> <laughs> now you're doing it. And it's, like, you just carry on with momentum with that. Or, like, when you're on the flight there. And it's, like, I remember for me whenever I... Because I've always done my travels alone. And so it's, like, going to the airport being in the plane, I'm always like, what have I done? And then you get the momentum when you're traveling. You're like, okay, here, I'm here now. Okay. I got to interact with people. I got to make friends. I got to do this. I got to find my way. And it just builds and builds. And your confidence just naturally builds as you do that. And when you're in traveling mode, then you're, you're sweet. But every time I start traveling again, it's like, I have to get back into that mode. Mm -hmm. It's a different version of me. And I feel it's similar with this kind of stuff. It's like, and I think that's the thing I've been doing all year is, like, I start and I stop, I start and I stop. It's like, you kind of just got to keep going.
1: <laughs> yeah, just, like, let the momentum build. Yeah. Yeah, it's the same. It's interesting because I feel like a lot of people have big dreams. It's mm-hmm. the same with my dream of, like, starting a wellness sort of retreat center, and Yeah, you know, living off the land. And, of course, every time mm-hmm. I tell someone that on Vancouver Island, they're like, oh, yeah, same. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, I hope they all do it. That'd be great if we all lived that way. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um. But I've also had a lot of people be like, yeah, like, everyone has that dream. Yeah. (laughs) And I'm like, yeah, but, like, not everyone's going to do it. Not everyone has, like, the community of people they're going to do it with like I do. Yeah.
0: And not everybody, like, has that um, much motivation to do it. Yeah. Because it's, like, and I think also, like, privilege definitely has its place here as well. I feel like that's important to acknowledge, like, the situations and the lives that we've created for ourselves have so far, like, they're putting us in a really great trajectory for things like that to come true Mm -hmm. that aren't possible for a lot of people for a lot of different reasons.
1: Yeah, and that's something that I'm really grateful and excited to be able to share, actually, is because I was born into a lot of privilege, I feel like I can play a big role in making this thing get started, and people who have the same dream that are Part of our soul tribe and maybe don't have as much privilege can just get in on it. Yeah. And maybe they wouldn't have had the privilege to otherwise, even though they have the dreams and they have the skills to, like, make the community work. Yeah. But then they can come in. Totally. Teamwork makes the dream work. It does. And there's so many things that you need in a community. (laughs) There are. There really are.
0: I can't even imagine. I feel like I haven't thought about it much.
1: I thought about it a lot, and I've met a lot of interesting, different people who have different skills. I'm like, oh thank God you have that skill, <laughs> and that you're excited about this, because like I want nothing to do with like the part where we need to like have computers or need to like build things or yeah. you know all these things. Like yeah,
0: I want to make the garden. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I really want to have an orchard, and I want to run yoga retreats. I want to have. I want to have a lot of herbs. A lot of wild and magical herbs. And, um, I'd love to, yeah, I mean, the dream on this land for me would be to have, to bring people who are struggling with psychosis and schizophrenia type illnesses and bring them to a place where they can heal and, and navigate the spiritual aspects of the illness.
1: Yeah, and I think that would be really beautiful, because a lot of those people really, the help that they get really discounts their gifts, Mm -hmm. and it's, like, help to control them, but not help to make them, help to suppress them, really. Yeah. Help to just get rid of them. (laughs) Yeah, as opposed to tapping into their natural gifts, which is what you've figured out how to do. Yeah. Yeah. Oof.
0: Big dreams. Big dream. I'm excited for it all, and we're we're on the one little step up. <laughs> okay. I know. I feel like it starts being more steps from here on. I think it does too. I think you start to build the momentum for the steps. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: It's <laughs> like you've been walking. training by walking uphill. And <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And now it's like
0: they're little ledges. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's so true. I think it's just funny the ways too that we like, or that <laughs> I. I feel like I hide a lot of these things from a lot of the people in my life because of what you're talking about with like the acquaintance thing. Mm -hmm. Like I don't publish my podcast, like people that follow me on my private Instagram, I don't post anything about my podcast on there and I don't post about any of my healing services and like I'm so, I keep myself so inaccessible (laughs) and I'm like, why do I do that? I think it's just like a, it's like I don't want those people to know me until I'm in my power.
1: Yeah, it's tricky. I understand that. I feel like I have really wanted to share the episodes of your podcast that I've been on with my community, but I've been uncomfortable, for one thing, talking about psychedelics with people who I know maybe have never done that and maybe are from more conservative or religious backgrounds. Yeah. Yeah. And also, I'm like, oh, like, do you want, like, my mom to listen to your podcast? Or, like... Yeah. I mean, I would love it if your mom listened to my podcast. <laughs> <laughs> do I want my
0: mom you to want listen your... <laughs> to me on your podcast? <laughs> Potentially hi,
1: Ariana's <at> mom. <laughs> <laughs> maybe. Maybe. One day. <laughs> and it's funny because I'm so proud of all of the things that I've talked about on here. Yeah. And, like... My relationship with psychedelics has been nothing but helpful for my life. I've gained so much insight and knowledge and self-love and love for others from that. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, like, my creativity is something that I'm proud of and excited about. And yet still just so, I'm like, oh, if I, people know that I'm doing these things and then they, like, see how much I actually know how to do, like, will that be embarrassing? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Because I'm a beginner. It's like, yeah, of course I'm a beginner. I just started
0: doing it. That's how that works. Yeah. Totally. But I think a lot of it is a lot of these people, um, like the people that I'm nervous about seeing my work, it's like the reason I'm nervous is because they might be people that are naturally doubting of like just the spirit realms in general. Mm-hmm. And then if I if they were to book with me and I'm feeling like a beginner and then I'm nervous on top of that and when I like start to doubt myself, I block my intuitive abilities. Like it makes it such a hard, it's so hard for me to access spirit when I'm in in the in this space of like doubt, and with someone like that, like some some like acquaintance that doesn't really believe in me, if they were like booking with me, then I would feel like I would go into that space a lot and then put them further away from the spiritual path. But then the irony is, if as I speak that out loud, no one's gonna just book us. The only people that would book with me would be people that would be genuinely interested, and and believing in this stuff to some degree because why else would they book with me it's that same thing we were talking about before like Mm -hmm.
1: totally and I think if you did get a booking from someone like maybe you know from high school you wouldn't expect instead of seeing that as like oh are they here to like check if I'm legit it's like (laughs) oh wow this person has maybe changed a lot and they're interested in what I have to offer and I can really like show them something cool. yeah (laughs) What a reframe, right? And also, I personally feel like by charging a little bit more, you then filter out anyone who's like, oh, maybe I just want to see what everyone's up to. That's very true. That is true. It's like no one's going to pay like $80 to see if you're legit. That's very true. They're only going to pay that much money if they assume that like you are legit. Otherwise, why would you be selling your services? Yeah. No, that's actually a really good point too. Hmm.
0: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: Food for thought. <laughs> yeah,
1: hmm. Cause so I feel like that's something that a lot of people do when they're they have skills but they're not confident. I'm really glad I'm like not actually allowed to do in my profession. Yeah. Is like charge less than you're worth because you're not confident that you're worth that much, but then in that way almost devaluing it yeah. so that <laughs> people don't realize how much it's worth and they almost like don't book it as much because they're like oh if yeah. she was good maybe she would charge more
0: yeah yeah it just it needs to be a fair exchange yeah it just needs to feel like what you're cause that's all it is like the, the money part is just an energetic exchange it's like I'm offering you this service and you're gifting me this money in exchange for it
1: mm-hmm. and
0: so it's like it needs to feel like the money is worth the experience that they get but ultimately that's challenging too right because it's like that's up to the person and what they need and that's up to them to figure that out for themselves like I can't really like I can tell you what I can offer you and then you can make the choice based on that Mm -hmm. but you know like I've booked in to do things with people before where once I've received the session of whatever it is I've been like oh yeah I guess I didn't really need that And that's not a reflection on the person, That's a reflection on me not really knowing what I needed. And that's not a bad thing. It was still beneficial, it was just maybe not what I needed.
1: Yeah. Yeah, totally. It's, like, not, like, the service is bad, it's just not aligned. Yeah. And maybe for someone else it's worth, like, twice that much. Totally. Totally. And I think that's a funny thing, too, with, like, the services
0: I offer, like, especially, like... The meet your guides, for example, which I love doing. They're so fun. And sometimes I'm like, is this a value to people? Like, is this something that people benefit from? Because I think for me, I talk to my guides all day, every day. So I'm like, oh, like, you you know, and I know that a lot of people don't. Um, But in my mind, I'm like, is that really valuable? Yeah, but then again, as I say that, I'm like, well, I do this every day. And that's super valuable for me. So it must be valuable for people that don't have that access to have that access
1: yeah it definitely is and the people I know who've done sessions with you and met their guides like now talk about their guides sometimes and I think that's really mm. fun because <laughs> it's like nice I, know, I, I love that know. and
0: that's so true actually mm. everybody that I've done a session for talks to me about their guides still to this day and I love it I'm like it's so cool to hear the way that their guides have like how their access to their guides has increased and like the ways that they feel their guides present for them and that just like that whole relationship. Like, watching it exist and develop has been really cool.
1: Yeah, it's been neat, too, because I've noticed, like, at bookstores and stuff, there's been a lot more books on things like accessing your guides lately, Mm. and so I feel like interest is building, and obviously that people are finding that helpful, or else it wouldn't be, like, a sellable product. Yeah, no, And it's, like, so nice that you can go and meet somebody's guides for them, and then, like, if they really enjoy that experience, maybe they can go get a book about how to do it for themselves. Totally. But like, it's or like...
0: I can guide them through that too because I know how to do that. Yeah, <laughs>
1: totally. Yeah.
0: No, that's very true. That's very true.
1: Mm. Yeah. it's like, oh, I have these magical spirit friends that are like here to help me out. Like, sweet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What a useful and also fun thing to know. Yeah. No, that's so true
0: because that's the thing about our guides is it's just like they have a lot to offer us And they're so magical and wonderful. And it's just fun. It's just like the imagination in a lot of ways. It's like imaginary friends that kids have. We still have those. (laughs) We just forget how to talk to them. And it is really magical to connect with them. This is funny. I'm just like, this feels like a pep talk. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing wrong with a pep talk. A <laughs> recorded pep talk that I'm publishing on my podcast. <laughs> it's my podcast, and I do what I want. <laughs> I hope you enjoy it too.
1: <laughs> oh, I think it's like a good reminder for people, just that like it's okay to be vulnerable, yeah. and we all struggle with like, feeling what we offer is valuable, and, like, the more that you face your fears and go into those things, the more that you, like, find what's on the other side. Absolutely. And it's reminding me of another thing, too, where I've, like, worked with a lot of
0: different types of, like, healers, and I've, I've worked with them and seen what they're like when they're in that role of being a healer. And how well they hold space and how powerful they are and how, like, well they can navigate you through your internal realm. And I've, I've you know, I've done, like, trades with people where I've been, like, for sessions and things like that. So, like, where I've played that role. And it's interesting when you go both ways and you're like, oh, yeah. Or if you just know that person and you end up knowing that person in real life or hanging out with them or chatting with them in real life and you're like, oh, yeah you're just a human with all of these flaws and you have your own issues too. Cause I think that's how I feel a lot is I'm like, I'm processing through so much right now in my personal life. And when I step into the role of being a healer, I'm very, I don't bring any of that to the table. Like I bring the wisdom of it, but I don't bring my shit (laughs) to the party. And I feel like, of course like that's what all healers are doing if they're you know ideally that's what all healers (laughs) are doing is they're not bringing their own issues and stuff into their services and so when you receive healing from someone you're you're only seeing this really wonderful like polished version of them and it makes you think oh i need to be like this all the time in order to be a healer but it's Mm -hmm. like no of course you don't
1: (laughs) Yeah, it's like you're seeing the healed parts of them because that's what they have to offer as a Absolutely.
0: healer. And it's like, and I see, when I see the other parts of them, I love those parts of them too. I think they're so divine and so wonderful. And yeah, it's just, yeah, those are like the raw pieces of them that they're still processing. Mm-hmm. So it's all good. All's good. Anybody out there that's listening that, you know, wants to offer their services to the world, you do it. Yeah. You offer your services. <laughs>
1: Yeah, if you've done things that help you, there's no reason why they wouldn't help other people. Yeah. If you feel so compelled as to share. Yes, definitely.
0: And just a heads up for everybody that's listening, probably should have done this at the start of the podcast, but whatever. This is my second last episode of this season. So next week's episode is going to be a tarot reading. And then I'm going to be taking a break, probably until around February when I'll be starting season two up. But for anybody that's listening to this podcast, first of all, thank you so much for being here. It's been such a pleasure to have completed 20 episodes and have had people listen to all of them. (laughs) So that's really sweet and magical, and I'm super grateful for that. And also, if you're out there and you're listening and you're inspired and you want to, feel free to reach out to me. I would love to have you on season two of my podcast so you can reach out and we can record whenever and then whenever I'm ready to publish season two is when those podcasts will exist. But definitely feel free to reach out to me at Chiron at gmail.com or you can email or that is my email haha, or you can Instagram DM me, Instagram me, <laughs> That's what I was going to say, and I'm like, wow, that's such a, I'm such an old lady. <laughs> like, <laughs> you can Instagram me. You can DM me on Instagram at Venus and Chiron. And you can find me there. I'm going to be starting up a Patreon as well, or potentially a subscription thing with Anchor, which is where I do my episodes through, but you'll hear more about that in the coming months on my Instagram. So stay tuned for that. But yeah, so that's your call to action. If you feel like you've got some magical shit you want to talk about and you're also feeling these feelings that we've been talking about, about not feeling so sure about taking that next step, this could be a step
1: for you. Beautiful. (laughs) I love it. Yeah. Anything else you want to share? No, I think that's all. If you are interested in finding me, um, my Instagram will be in the show notes Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and... One of these days I will have a website, but I don't yet. Yeah.
0: And do you want me to, do you want to share where where you work on the island or?
1: Um yeah, so I'm working at Ma Yoga and Wellness in downtown Victoria as well as at Focus Health in Oak Bay. So if you'd like to get a massage from me and have me sing sing you sweet sweet songs, sweet, sweet come song. find me there. <laughs> you can book Yay. online.
0: I love this. Thank you so much for being here, and thank you so much for being Episode 19, Season 1. Thank you for having me. <laughs> it's been a pleasure. It's been so.